I'm Nancy Olison. How's the family? Girls study more than boys, but they don't do as well on college entrance tests. Girls do way more chores and babysitting than boys. Girls are more likely than boys to be victims of abuse. They're more likely to be poor, and they're more likely to have a sexually transmitted disease. Girls' self-esteem is lower than boys, and things are much worse if you're not white. Those are some of the findings in a new report about the status of girls in Minnesota. The report was released this week at the state capitol. The study was done by the Institute for Women's Policy Research and the Women's Foundation of Minnesota. I spoke with Lee Roper-Baker. She's the president of the Women's Foundation of Minnesota. They conducted focus groups and sent out a survey. Do you talk specifically to girls um, in this adolescent age group as you're working on a study like this? Yes, we used the data from the Minnesota Student Survey, so that was exactly what girls and boys throughout the state were reporting based on their experiences. And when we go out on our Road to Equality tour, we're holding a focus group with just girls to make sure we have their voices represented too. And what is your impression when you do that kind of work? Are the girls able to grasp the situation? Can you tell me a little bit about the impressions that you've had or that you've heard? Sure. I think they need to have a certain level of awareness, but if they have that level of awareness, then I think they can move on for analyzing. Why is it that my brother plays video games and I have to do all the household chores and my parents think that I shouldn't go to school, that I'm going to grow up and be a mom, that that's my job? So they they start to make those connections pretty quickly. You can hear them in the group and one plays off the other one and they get excited and these, these girls have such high aspirations. That's what I'm amazed by. I look at them and I see such incredible leadership. And are, do you sometimes find girls that are unwilling to talk or feel like they're kind of beaten down by what's, what the statistics are, what they kind of know? You know, sometimes how we play out what might be expected of us. Absolutely. You find that, too. I remember being in Staples, Minnesota, and talking with a few girls, and they were very shy and didn't want to uh, make a lot of eye contact and talk to them about what was going on in their community and what issues did they see, and they, they really didn't couldn't think of anything at first. Well, pretty soon, we kept drinking coffee together, and one said, well, now that I think about it, my good friend is in the hospital because her boyfriend beat her up. And then the other one said, yeah, there's lots of violence in our school. So then we just, well, what does that look like? Talk to us a little bit more about that. And out came this big discussion about the harmful effects of violence, in particular the high amounts of violence that they were seeing within their school and community. And then sometimes one question that came up just now at the press conference was about how we educate our young men. How do we talk to our teenage boys and bring them into the discussion? Because often it sometimes can seem like it is a girl's issue. Absolutely. I think that is an important point. And I think our our board of directors at the Women's Foundation, we've really been looking at that if we want to have those shifts in attitudes and behaviors, we have to start funding programs where boys are at the table, too, and start early. So I think you might see some changes from us. We might be looking to support that. And I think that also speaks to school programs. One of their recommendations is how do we talk about violence and violence prevention within schools to both boys and girls? And to be aware that it exists, to be aware of strategies to de-escalate it, that it's not acceptable, and to start from an early age being able to talk about the pervasiveness and harmfulness of that issue. So we've got to involve boys and men. And we have a lot of great male allies at 
with the Women's Foundation. But I know to move equality forward, it takes, takes all of us. Men are the other half of the equation. You also talked a little bit about extracurricular activities. Do you have any ideas at this time for funding for those those kind of ideas to get, get people forward into doing something after school that is in, enlightening them, um, particularly girls? Well, we know that funding has been slashed for extracurricular activities, and we know, too, that um, daycare quality daycare for low-income women has been cut. I think there are 43 families on the waiting list, the last I heard. I think both of these are examples of where do we as Minnesotans want to put our funding and what are our priorities? What's that strategic vision that we hold for Minnesota? And we have to start making choices that create those pathways for future success. And lately, it doesn't seem like we've been making that choice. But we've got to start making those choices together. And are you working towards proposing some kind of bill some kind of legislation? We will at the conclusion of our Road to Equality tour. We really want to get all the voices of Minnesotans represented, and we're going to be talking while we're out in greater Minnesota with school board members and principals and Rotary Club, business leaders, mayors, um, community activists. So we're bringing together really the key players in each community and asking them, so what do we do? What did we do to really move the needle? And as a result of that, we'll release a supplemental report and then we'll start to not only put our resources forward, but call on other philanthropies and government to do the same to make some of these needed shifts. Next, I talk to Erica Williams. She's the study director from the Institute for Women's Policy Research. How do you do research to find out about girls' self-esteem? Well, you know, the Minnesota Student Survey, which is administered by the uh, Minnesota Student Survey interagency team, asks questions about girls' self-esteem in in their survey. So we were lucky enough to be working in a state that does a lot of data collection and asks those questions. So that's how we got at uh, girls' and boys' self-esteem. Did you have any interaction yourself with the the girls in the survey? I did not, no. Do you have girls yourself or contact with teenage girls? I No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I mean, the Women's Foundation obviously does with through their girls' program. And what do you see when you're out in the world? You're doing this study, right, and you're working on these angles and you're thinking about this press conference, but you're maybe riding the bus or you're shopping at a grocery store. What do you see? I think things are different for girls today, even from, you know, I'm 30, so even from when I was, you know, 10, 12, 13. Um, it's a little more challenging. I think girls are far more likely to be sexualized in the media, and you see that when you see girls um, and how they dress and that kind of thing. I also think that, you know, when I was doing the research and kind of thinking about some of the issues for girls, I, you know, it was kind of interesting to try and situate myself in there, you know, in terms of my own experiences. And I think any woman could probably do that, read the report and kind of think, yeah, you know, I can kind of relate to that, and I see that, you know, this is still an issue. It was an issue for me, and it's an issue for girls now, you know. Certainly, I can relate to some of the things in the report, and, and that's part of what makes it interesting to do and important. What about this piece about um, getting information out to boys and trying to help educate the boys? Well, I think that's right. I think it's a good point. And, you know, a lot of the recommendations we outlined in this report, I mean, the the Women's Foundation is going to do their tour and they're going to come 
I think, back with much more specific ideas about how to address issues for girls' communities. But in terms of some of the policy recommendations we laid out in the report, like something like mandatory sex education, this is not something that's just for girls. Um, You know, this is something that's going to be good for girls and boys. I think it's the same with, you know, education around violence against women and girls and having part of a part of your health curriculum address some of those issues would be good absolutely critical for boys as well Uh, so it's not to say that we're you know this report wasn't about looking at girls in a vacuum outside of you know the broader context they're living in Uh, we really tried to situate them in in the state and compared to other girls and boys in the state and compared to boys in the state and then think about some policy recommendations that would really help youth. Neva Walker is a state representative. I asked her about a reference she had made to two Minnesotas. Yeah, unfortunately, we do have two Minnesotas. We have the great outcomes, if you look at our aggregate numbers in any particular area, education, out-of-home placement, teen pregnancy, sexual abuse. We have great outcomes. However, if you break those down statistically by ethnic or racial groups, the disparities and how far we are drastically from our counterparts in the Caucasian community is there. So this report by the Women's Foundations, um, looking at the What is going on with our girls in the state of Minnesota is first key because we have to be aware because everyone is not. Then second, we have to figure out what we're going to do about and what our role is. As policymakers, we need to figure out how to fund and put resources towards prevention and intervention and making sure that we understand that all of our constituents aren't facing the same thing. As citizens, we have to figure out how we can give back and how we can talk about this, how we can educate our own elected officials, our colleagues, our neighbors. We have to decide that we want to have something done. How can a person do this, just any person out in the world, being aware as she rides the bus for the teenage girls and boys and how they're, what they're thinking, how they're doing? How, how does a citizen act in sort of a guerrilla manner? We are in our conversations with our friends, our loved ones, our colleagues every single day. We talk about sports, weather, the news, whatever. It's an opportunity to bring that to the table to educate our loved ones, the people that we're around every single day, saying, did you know? It is also our citizens' responsibility to pick up the phone or email and contact our elected officials, whether on the county level or on the state level, saying, there's a report out. How aware are you of it? What are you going to do about it? I believe it's time that you do something to make sure that the disparities of girls um, get rid of. The Women's Foundation of Minnesota is going out to 15 communities in the state for a Road to Equality tour. They'll be sharing the results of this report and listening to what the public has to say. They'll be meeting with school board members, mayors, adolescent health professionals, tribal college officials, and Chamber of Commerce members. When the tour wraps up in July, a new report will be released with public policy recommendations for the health and well-being of Minnesota's women and girls. You can find the links to the stories we did on Minnesota Public Radio about the Status of Girls report under the All Things Considered page from Monday, April 28th. There are links to resources there, including a link to the report itself. How's the family? I'm Nancy Olison.